Our conversation today, Pastor Justin, again, thank you for the invitation and design leadership. I love you guys. You know that. Um, I want to go straight to work, if you don't mind. And our conversation today is going to be on a subject that I that I love. Um, most of the time, I've there are some places I've spoken along these lines, but this is just something that I that I've kept to me and to my walk and to my experience. And sometimes only with those that are part of my innermost circle. And our, our conversation is, has got to do with walking in favor, or if I just can complete the thought, walking in the favor of the Lord. Just as a student of the Bible, here's what you will find. There's only so much that your ability as a human being can accomplish. Just as a human, you can be quite capable. You can run fast. You can, you know, establish organizations, do things like that. There's only so much that you can do. And it can be pretty impressive. But if you're a student of scripture, you'll find that there is something that only God can do through a vessel that is yielded to him. There is a certain type of work that it takes God to accomplish it. And you and I are tasked with that type of work. Because more than just what we do for our jobs and our occupations, we are part of God's plan to reach the hearts of men. And that's one of the most difficult things to do. That takes the, the work of God through men, through you and I, yielded to him. It takes the favor of God. The favor of God is what takes the sweat out of the work where it appears that the results you're able to get are greater than any amount of effort you've exerted. The story that we have in the Bible of Abraham and the story of uh, Ishmael and Isaac is kind of speaking about that, that the child that carried the promise is the one that was born out without human effort. Ishmael stood for the child that was born by human intention and human effort and human machinations. But, but Isaac is the one who carried the promise. So the one that took the least effort is the one that appeared to carry the greatest dimension of glory. The work of your hands as a natural human being are blessed. Because God is nice like that. But there's something else about the work that comes as an act of grace. As an act of favor. That is able to accelerate you into tremendous outcomes and we want to unpack because the thing is this is that there's it, as we go through scripture you'll find that it's not random favor is not random it appears to be that God just willy-nilly chooses who he's going to be nice to but when you really study the people that are champions in the scripture that have walked in divine favor you will find that it's part of an intricate system a kingdom system Hopefully we'll be able to find maybe what that might mean. I want to begin actually in the book of, we're going to go to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. A very familiar portion of scripture. If we can uh, turn there. Let me find it for you. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this moment in time and I just ask that your presence may may be special in the lives of your children today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 
And I'm going to begin in verse, this is a very well-known portion of scripture. I'm sure it's sometimes shared every time we're about to take an offering. It says, uh, do not be deceived. You know, God is not mocked. Um, whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And it, 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 it completes the thought by saying, let us therefore not grow weary in well-doing, or let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart, or in due season, we will reap if we faint not. So now this is what Paul is saying to the church in Galatia when he was talking about, you know, their investment into the ministry. And, 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 but what he says is that God is not mocked and he unveils a secret of the way that the kingdom of God is constructed. That if you work in harmony with that system, you will get results. And if you step outside of harmony with that scripture and with that system and that wisdom and that thought, you may work until you sweat blood. But the result will not be what you're looking for. Because there's an intricate system of the kingdom of God that is revealed only through the unveiling of God's word. That's what tells you how heaven works. So he says, listen, he says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. And that means that there is no variation to this principle. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. He literally it lets you and I understand that we are, the best way to understand the way the kingdom of God is established is, 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 is farmers, as is arable farmers. And that's what my grandparents were. My grandparents were both arable farmers and pastoral farmers. I've done both. In arable farming, here's what, you, what happens. What you put in the ground is what you harvest. You don't harvest what you want. You harvest what you sow. So if you sow corn and you deeply desire uh, wheat, or you can pray until you're blue in the face. You can go Pentecostal, pray in tongues until your tongue is stuck to the roof of your mouth. It's not going to happen. Why? Because what the Lord is trying to cause us, you and I to understand is this. Outcomes are tied to, to the seed invested. Therefore, if there's any desired outcome that we want in our life, we have got to be individuals that are constantly aware of the seeds that we sow. What has this got to do with favor? Everything. Because there's a weird thinking, Pastor Justin, amongst Christians, that, we, that sometimes favor just drops out of the sky without any adherence to supernatural principles. And a favorable outcome just springs up on us out of Norway. You'll never find that in scripture. What you will find in scripture is people that were blessed. Because here's what you're going to find out with favor. Favor walks in concert with a principle called wisdom. The source of favor is not even necessarily God. The source of favor is the wisdom that God gives. And out of wisdom, you will find that wisdom has favor in her entourage. Are we okay? All right, cool. Let's, let's, let's find some other scriptures. So we said what? Uh, you know, <laughs> God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Um, let's go to another scripture. Let's see what, what other scripture I can give that can be, that can help me lay my foundation. That's all I'm doing right now, you guys. We're just laying a foundation. Amen. Let's go to Psalm. Uh, in fact, before we do that. 
Let's go to Matthew chapter 22. Thank you, Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 22, I think the same story is also told in the, in, in the, in the book of Mark. But I like the, the Matthew rendering because it gives us wisdom that is, that is necessary to explore. In Matthew 22, Jesus is confronted by a question by, I think, somebody that considered themselves somewhat smart. Um, you know, a, a student of the law, a student of the Torah. And um, let me see. Verse 24, and when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him, saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Amen? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first. And that term first is not, does not mean first as in order. This is the first as in the greatest. This is the principle. It's the same thing that you might call the foundation. This is the foundation. Okay. It's first in order of importance, but it's also first because it upholds all the rest that come after it. So he says, this is the first and great commandment. And the second commandment is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on those two commandments, all the law and the prophets. Somebody say all the law. And all the prophets rest on this, right? On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So real quick again, going back to the foundation that we're laying. Here's what we find out. We find out that when we unpack the concept of favor, the concept of favor can cause us to begin to understand that we operate in a world where there is a system of sowing and reaping. There's a system that the Lord has established that outcomes are directly tied to inputs. Whatever you get out is based on what you put in. If you want a multiplication of something, you're given an opportunity to do that. Now, here's what undergirds the entire written law of God, where this wisdom is found. It's found in this, that the, the ultimate way that we relate to God is that we love the Lord our God with all our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our strength. And then he says this, and then we love our neighbor as ourselves. So Love and honor is existing in two, two levels. There's love on the perpendicular, on the vertical, rather. And then there's love on the horizontal. As we love God first, that's the principle that founds everything. It influences the way we connect with people. And then he says this, on this principle is the entire law and the prophets. That's where it hangs. Meaning, if you were to distill the entire Bible, into a couple of sentences. Is it possible? Yes, it is. What would those sentences be? I'm going to start again. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The Lord Jesus Christ took it further with the church in John chapter 13 when he says, you know, you shall love one another as I have loved you. But here's the whole crux of what I'm saying. Is this, is that in the system that God created, we relate to the Father uh, in, a, in a way the Bible calls love, it influences the way we connect with our brothers and our sisters and also with the way we view ourselves. And that if these things are aligned, we are in harmony with the principles of God. And when we walk in harmony with the principles of God, the God-like outcomes become our portion. 
it matters how you treat God and it matters how you treat people. And walking in favor is got to do with how we connect with God, but how that connection influences the way we intersect human beings. There is no walk in a vacuum where the way we treat people does not matter to God. No, when the Lord gives favor, if you and I want to break down everywhere where a person was favored, they were not just favored by the heavens. They were favored both by God and men. That means they had to know the wisdom that, re- that aligns them with God in a way that is called upright and aligns them with people in a way that is also called blamelessness or uprightness. In that milieu of those two conditions, human beings begin to walk with a fragrance that attracts even from the people that hate them. When a man's way is pleasing to God, the Bible says, you will cause even your enemies to live at peace with you. So that understanding this then makes me as a child of God interested in, Father, how do I walk in wisdom? Why? Because as I walk in wisdom, it teaches me how to conduct myself with people. And as I know how to conduct myself with people, there is different ways to conduct with different people. If you treat people all in the same way, you are foolish. And what I mean by that is this, by treating people in the same way. If you treat your parents as you treat your buddies, right? Hey, your, your guys that you, you know, hey, hey, you can't, there's some relationships you cannot be casual with because those are not casual relationships. Only wisdom helps you to know the difference. There's certain people you can speak a certain way to and then certain people you are out of order if you do that. Wisdom is what instructs you what tone, what posture to take in what environment. I've seen Pentecostals that have not ever cultivated an awareness of how they affect the environment around them. And so they end up fighting battles they don't need to fight. Young people, can we talk? Are you here? Are there any young people here? Lift up your hand. And by young, I mean anybody who's younger than 49. I'm 49, so everybody younger than me is young. Young people, lift, lift those hands up. Listen, we, we live in a generation that is robbing you of wisdom because they're trying to make you think that you can treat everybody the same way and talk to everybody using the same tone. You can't do that. You have to understand, ah, protocol. Because the wisdom of protocol is what plugs you into the vein of favor. Some of you think you can pray your way, way into favor. Pastor Justin, this is why I'm taking my time on this. There's some people that think if I just pray hard enough, I'm going to get favor. No, you won't. Or you're going to exercise your vocal cords, which is nice. I'm sure it has some use. It does not necessarily wisdom and wisdom alone. And wisdom, the reason why I told you about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and and loving your neighbor is yourself. Wisdom instructs you how to position yourself before God. And then wisdom also then instructs you how to position yourself before people. And knowing that, what to say when to whom. When we walk in wisdom, favor is almost automatic. 
So my encouragement is this. When I'm going through scripture, I'm seeking after the wisdom of God. Because within the wisdom of God, it tells me how to handle myself before kings, meaning before people in authority. It tells me how to handle myself amongst my peers. It shows me how to handle myself amongst, you know, all those that are older than me. It even teaches me how to handle myself, myself around people of a different culture. I make a lot of adjustments to come and hang out with you guys. I don't just say, well, this is the way I am. I'm just going to, you know, it's just the way I am and you're going to have to deal with what. No, that is, that is foolishness. Wisdom tells me to understand what is not culturally offensive to you. And so I have to do my homework. Why? Because wisdom instructs me to, how to connect. And in that connection, favor comes out. Access comes out. Other things come up. So if we want to learn how to walk in favor, the first place we're going to have to know how is how to walk in wisdom. And if we want to know how to walk in wisdom, we have to understand how to walk in alignment with the Lord. Because you all know that what? The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, right? Is the beginning of wisdom. Right now, we, I, I've just been observing the church and, and I know what our heart's desire is. Our heart is to, to reach the lost. That's what every pastor ever told me. Every minister, I know if I sit down with them, what's your, what's your plan, my brother? Oh, my brother, we want, you know, we, 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 we want to reach the lost. Oh, okay, wonderful, wonderful. Now, let me tell you how, how that is accomplished. It is accomplished by the wisdom it takes for you and I to create an awareness of how we affect our environment of, uh, around us. We need to know who's looking, what are they hearing, what are we saying. Am I just venting something that gets off my chest, but once it's off my chest, it's negatively affecting somebody else? Because if it is, I want the Holy Spirit to check me and say, Phyllis, don't do that. Why? Because I'm trying to figure out how to walk in favor. What is in favor? To walk in the type of results that can only come from God. Those type of results that can only come from God can only be accomplished if I am walking in what is in line with the system and the principles of our God. Are we okay? Somebody say walking in favor. Somebody say walking in favor. Let me tell you this, guys. Favor will accomplish in one day what hard work cannot do in 20 years. This is why we need to understand how to plug into this mystery that is called favor. And hopefully this weekend we will explore, maybe even tonight, I want to show you. Because a lot of people, when they read the story of Job, they, they just think that he was just a man who God arbitrarily blessed and liked. But you will see that, no, Job hit all the points that magnetize favor. Favor is attracted. It's magnetized. By alignment with the principles of God. Let's look at um, a few scriptures here. If, we, if you don't mind just doing an, an, a little bit of an adventure in favor. Um, let's go to the book of Proverbs chapter 3. So in the book of Proverbs we see. The Proverbs of Solomon are not really the wisdom of Solomon. We call that the wisdom of Solomon, but the Proverbs of Solomon are the wisdom of David. Because Solomon himself in chapter 4 says, this is what I learned when I sat at my father's knee and when my mother instructed me. This is what Solomon learned from his parents, from both David and Bathsheba. Now let's just look a little bit 
at, um, at some of these scriptures and see what we can find that might be able to be a blessing to you and I. In Proverbs chapter 3. My son, do not forget my law and let your word keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart so that you find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and men. The reason why I began by letting you know loving God and loving mankind, right? Loving your neighbor is yourself, is that the concept of favor is always going to be bound to those two principles. It's going to be bound to where I stand before God. It's going to be bound to how I connect with human beings. Because when the Lord favors you, the day that God shall favor you, that conduit that he will use is not an angel. The day that God favors you, somebody is going to either open a door for you, is going to make a recommendation with your name on it, is going to get, grant you access to somebody who is in need of what only you can supply, is going to take another human being that you have connected with. So if you have that type of mind that does not esteem people, oh, I just love God, but I hate people, you cannot walk in favor. So now notice again, notice what, what, what um, it says here. Don't let mercy, don't forsake mercy. What is mercy? It's got to do with your connection of people with people. Right? Can you guys see this? He says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Mercy and truth, okay. If I'm walking in mercy, what, at what level is that being, being delivered? It's mercy and kindness toward human beings. If I learn how to deal with people in the way that is ordained and is pleasing to the Lord, that thing that I am doing, becomes the conduit through which the favor of God will come into my life. And even if I'm no longer alive, the favor of God will, 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 will come to my children. I'll give you this example. It was God that called David and told him he was going to be king in Israel. According to the hereditary principles, Jonathan was supposed to be king after Saul. But Jonathan saw in David the anointing of God toward kingship. And so he never would have fought his friend for a position he could see the anointing of God was on the son of Jesse. So here's how Jonathan was wise. Because he honored the God who had anointed David, he showed kindness to David when David could not pay him. David was poor, didn't even have a house, was about to run for his life. And listen, he was not going to be in a position to pay him back for 15 to 20 years. But Jonathan, watch this, having perceived the grace of God on David, plugged into the principle of wisdom and showed kindness to a man that could not pay him back in his lifetime. Wisdom only in, will enable you to do that. Because here's what most of us do, right? There's certain people we like, there's certain people we don't like. There's certain people we respect, there's certain people that we don't respect. If somebody comes looking, looking good and old, we, we might give them a preferred seat in the church. If somebody comes dressed in red, smelling a little bit, we might find a corner to tuck him. James told us that we have a tendency to do that. So, but, but here's what happens though. When you have learned to esteem God enough, to honor God enough, that you honor everybody that you come in contact with because you love God, because you fear God, it matters to you how you treat people. You don't know, not a single one of you, know who God is going to use to open a great, great door for your great, great child. It's going to matter, however, 
that after you've loved on God, you've got to check, Lord, how do I deal with people? Do I have kindness toward people? If Jonathan was only interested in those that can do him favors, there's some people I know that will bend over backwards for any, anybody they think can do them a favor. Anybody they feel they cannot get anything out of, later you're on your own. But the principles of those that walk in wisdom is this. Anyone I'm going to come in contact with in my life, if you can make this vow, Father, I'm going to honor them. I'm going to honor them and I'm going to, try, I'm going to try and see in them only that which you see. Because here's what happens. You don't know. You have no idea who God is going to raise up a year from now and through whom favor can come into your family. Maybe the thing that you're praying for is tied to somebody you are currently mistreating. Maybe the thing you're fasting for is linked to someone who you currently pass without even saying hi. Wisdom makes me stand before God and love him and receive from him a love I can extend to my brother and my sister. And in sending that love to my brother and my sister, I just never know, I never know. Guys, I've lived long enough. I've been shocked by human beings. Some of the people that I've served the greatest may have walked away and maybe even stabbed me on the back, but it's okay. And some of the people I may have only served once, but served them with grace and loved them just one time, turned around and in one swoop blessed me more than those that have received. That's why you never know. And because you never know, if you desire to walk in favor, you are constantly aware of Father. How do I affect other people? What is other people's testimony when my name comes up? Do they speak well of me? Do they speak well of how I contributed in their life? Or am I a cause of a conversation that is painful in regards to somebody? Does, is there somebody who's, whose pain is triggered by my name? Because it matters. Like I told you, I've seen people fast for things they would get in a day if they were just nicer to people. 40 days on an empty stomach. For things that in a small little moment, if they were just nicer to people, God could extend that. So I told you about Jonathan. Jonathan did not know that he was going to die the same day as his father. He was not given that part of the story. But he did. And he left behind a crippled son. Mephibosheth. You guys know this story. He had no inheritance to give his child. Nothing to give his child. Except this. Except that in the days of his youth. He had treated with dignity and honor and kindness. A poor boy. Who was homeless at that time. And was about to be a fugitive for many years. He had shown him grace and honor when he was the prince in Israel. The son of the king. The wealthy inheritor of the greatest real estate. When he was that, he looked upon the poorly son of Jesse. And saw the calling of God in his life. And was kind to him. And loved him, the Bible says, like he loved his own heart. His own soul. How much prayer was it going to take? To secure for his son Mephibosheth a decent life. How much prayer was it going to take? How much money was it going to take? You know what it took? It took being kind when you didn't have to be. And favor flowed into his family that then touched his boy. Are we okay? How do you treat people? 
Have you been a cause of pain in somebody's life? Is that person still alive enough for you to be able to make amends? If you can, please do. Do you know why? You never know the code that the Lord will use to answer the prayers you're crying out to him. The favor of God does not come from angels. The favor of God will come through people. I had an opportunity a number of years ago to have an ugly falling out with my pastor. I had an opportunity. I joined a ministry in a church called New Life Church in Chirezi, Zimbabwe. A few months into, the, into being full-time ministry, it just occurred to me, I think pastor hired me, not because he had a real job for me, but he was afraid to lose me so he pretty much just wanted me tied down to him. And it kind of hurt when I thought I'd figure that out. So occasionally, you know, he would travel to the United States and leave me to take care of the ministry. Pastor Justin, I was 23 years old. Just to take me at that time, just to take me several hours to get a sermon together, man. My pastor would, took off and went away for three, four months. That means I had to do praise and worship. That means I had to preach on Sunday and I had to make sure that the children's ministry was going and then I had to make sure that I was doing our outreach on Fridays. I, I, I would get to church at 7.30 in the morning and wouldn't get home before 10 o'clock at night for six days in the week, including Saturday because Saturday is when our youth meeting was on Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, I had to be back at the church around 6.30 to get our present worship together and get the children's ministry together and when pastor was away, I also had to preach that day. By the time I was 23, 24 and a half, I, was, I, I, I looked old. I was beaten up. I was hurt. Because when I would ask for help, I will get ignored. Pastor, can, can I get... No, no, I'm busy right now. Couldn't get an appointment with my pastor for about three months. We were living in the, we're in the same building, in the same church. So I got a little sour. And of course, there are people that will come and say, well, you know, yeah, they're not treating you the, this and that, and kind of feeding, feeding that in my ear. And I copped a bit of an attitude. And then the man of God came by a name called Pastor Tom Deschel. And Tom Deschel just came up one day and he says, Hey, Felix, can you, can you write five things you like about Jeff? Jeff was my pastor. I said, yeah, sure. One, two, two, two. And then Tom looked at me and said, son, there was a time that Jeff was the problem. But as of right now, you're the problem. If you cannot find five things that are noble in the men you're working under, there's something that has made your view septic. And now you're no longer just a victim of some outcome. You have become the problem and you need to repent. When you confronted with me with that, I broke down and I wept. And that only when I started crying was I aware of how hurt I had been. I'd left a good job, you guys. I'd left a good job with good perks. And I could have still done that job in the ministry. I was already doing that anyway. I didn't have to leave my job. So I felt like I was, 
kind of tricked into giving something up only just to be controlled. That's the way I process that. So anyway, I wept and I wept and I said, Father, please, Lord, cleanse me, cleanse me because I found I was agitated and hurt and I was nursing not so good feelings, more, more than, not even just that, but the ministry that was taking place outside of the church. We had miracle signs and wonders. We had, you know, deliverances and all this and all that. And in the church, nothing was happening. So people began to kind of whisper in my ear, oh, look how anointed you are. And he's not so anointed, but you're anointed. Those are the type of people that feed into the concept that can destroy you if you're not careful. What does the wisdom of God say? Pastor Tom DeShell came and pointed out the area of hurt that was affecting a vital relationship in my life. And instead of expecting Jeff to, here's what Tom says, don't expect Jeff to apologize. You get it right with God. We'll let the Lord deal with Jeff. I got right with the Lord. I apologized. I asked the Lord to forgive me. At the same time that was happening, my pastor Jeff was in St. Louis, Missouri at a, at a conference. And the Lord hit him hard while he was there. And caused him to cry and to repent while he was there. By the time he flew back to my country, Jeff just comes up and says, Felix, I, I mistreated you. I, I have not known what to do with you. And I'm so sorry, but I, I'm going to do right. I'm going to do better. And I said, thank God. Because here's what happens. A few years later, my ministry, when I was in Putnam, Connecticut, hit a brick wall that could have caused me to quit everything. I was done. I was done. Done with preaching. I was done. Why? Because I felt like I got a baseball bat to my knees when I was just too exhausted to fight. I've been preaching several times a week like a madman, sweating, like, like a sprinkler system, you know, and, and I was just done. So, so here's what, a phone call came, and it was from Jeff. I hadn't spoken to Jeff in years. And he says, Felix, what's going on, man? I said, Jeff, I'm, 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 he says, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to fly you to Bernie, Texas, because they lived in Bernie at that time. He says, you come into my house for two weeks. No preaching, no teaching. We're just going to feed you and spoil you. And I went to Bernie, Texas, and I spent out that time with Jeff. And as I was spending that time with Jeff, that's when the Lord began to stitch me back together again and stitch me back together again. The only reason why you're hearing me preach today is because I didn't quit the ministry. The only reason I didn't quit the ministry is because Jeff and Kareen came and rescued me at my most vulnerable moment. The only reason why they came to rescue me at that moment is when I had an opportunity to fall out and break fellowship and this, that, and the other, point fingers, the Lord had checked me. Who would have known that some of the greatest favor that was going to flow in my life was going to come from that vital connection of Jeff and Corrine? They are a, they were a humongous blessing to my life even to this day. I consider their children my children. I would do anything for them. And I had an opportunity. I'm telling you this because I know we want favor. I'm telling you how the devil works this game to break the favor of those that could receive it. It's by just constantly making broken fellowship normal. You know, you're in a fight with so-and-so, nothing is resolved. And so-and-so is like this, and they squabble this. And it's just, it's just a bleeding system called the church. People hemorrhaging and nobody finding healing. And then people wanting to fast and pray for favor. Thinking we will get by sacrifice. Something that cannot be earned by sacrifice. It's earned by treating people with dignity. Because we love God and we fear him. You see, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's who, that's why, that fear of the Lord is who tells me, Justin is younger than me, but he's not Justin to me. That's Pastor Justin to me. And if I'm in this house right now, if Pastor Justin wants to say, Felix, I don't need you to preach tonight. It's done. I'm, I'm benched. You can bench me anytime you want. Because as soon as I come into this house, I'm coming under the authority. That God has placed. 
Are we okay? Why would you do that? Because I fear God. So it makes me wise. And it lets me see the gift. Not just the age, the gift. The gift is older than all of us. And when I honor that gift, he who greets a prophet in the name of a prophet shall from that prophet receive the prophet's reward. That's wisdom. To show you how the Lord works, man. Oh my goodness, man. Look at the wisdom of God, right? <laughs> Look at Elijah's life. The Lord told Elijah, hey, um, hey by the way, you know, uh, this famine that's here, I've instructed somebody to feed you. She's in Zarephath. Oh, a strong, I'm, I'm sure she's going to be a strong partner, maybe have a few businesses. Uh, right. uh, she must have a lot going for her. Mm, you'll find out when you get there. So if, if Elijah was the type of person that looks down on poor people and because he thinks that he only wants to buddy, buddy up with those that have stuff, would have gone to Zarephath and seen a poor widow who is about to collect wood for her last meal and he would have discounted her as a vital connection because she appeared to have nothing. But the fear of the Lord makes you see gold in broken places. It makes you see treasure. In people, other people would discard. Elijah came to her and then he sets the question to reveal her character. He says, ma'am, I'm hungry. Can you make me a cake? She says, sir, in fact, I'm just collecting wood so my, my daughter and I can have our last meal and after this we're just going to eat and we're going to die. And he says, I hear what you're saying but can you still make me that cake? She makes the cake and boom. If the prophet treated people I, I, now let me talk in, in our church today when you're in ministry sometimes they God help me say this right help me say it right Father there's certain ministries you cannot have access to the men on top until unless you're of a particular tax bracket I've seen that happens quite a bit actually more times than it should. I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was um, volunteering, volunteering at a Benny Hinn crusade. Um, back in the day when he was doing those um, arena crusades and stuff like that. I love that. A lot of people, all it was was just a worship service with a bunch of people getting saved and healed. I, I used to enjoy those. So I was volunteering there and, I, and everybody was jam-packed in the front to get close to the men of God. And I ended up in the bleachers and I sat next, sat next to an elderly Amachi. She was, um, she was a, a Native American lady. And she was just out tucked away in the corner somewhere. And I said, hi, mom, how are you? Can I sit next to you? Sure, son, sit next to me. And I'm sitting next to her. And then, um, and then I said, oh, you know, uh, how's the meeting? So she says, I've been praying for this boy since he was 25. She had seen him at a crusade or something or a meeting in Canada when he was a young man. He was 25 years old. And the Lord had told her, you pray for this man. And any time he was in a crusade that was anywhere near her town, she would just drive. The security would never have put her in the front row. So she was tucked away in the bleachers. She never tried to push her way to say, no. She was happy being... And, and this is when the Lord taught me a principle. Ah. 
Sometimes it's the people that you least expect that the Lord will place upon them the greatest burden to be a blessing to you. And some of it, you're never going to know it on this side. But if you're the type of person that picks and chooses the people you like based on the way they look or how much they make or this, that, and the other, you miss out on favor. And I don't care how hard you pray. I don't care how hard you fast. You know, the fear of the Lord makes you, it makes you see gold in places everybody else sees trash. So you know what I said? I said, I said, Mom, can you pray for me anytime you think of me? Sure. He laid hands on her. I made sure that I put myself on her. Little, I'm like, hey, if this is what happened to the guy you pray for, pray for me. And I can tell you this, man, the number of encounters that I've had like that may be part and parcel of the reason why the Lord took me to the places where he took me, helped me accomplish the things that I accomplished. It's nameless, faceless people. But when you're walking in wisdom, the Lord opens your eyes and you see value in people. And when you see value in people, they become the conduit through the, which the Lord brings favor. Talking about wisdom. That is born from the fear of God. And because I fear, I fear the Lord, I walk in honor. And because I walk in honor, you never know who God might use to be a blessing. Are we okay? Ah. When I look at Dorcas, who's called Tabitha in the New Testament, she didn't have much, but she had an ability to sew. So she made tunics, and she was just a blessing to the other women. Remember what I said? We started with what? Be not be weary in well-doing. God is not mocked whatsoever, amen. So thou shalt they also reap. In this particular instance, she was just sowing love and meeting people's needs. Not knowing that one day she was going to have a need that was greater than her ability to pray for an outcome. Because she's going to be too dead to pray. But what she did was that when she was in a position, she sold. She just showed kindness by sewing tunics and helping other people get dressed and not looking for anything in return. Not looking, not understanding that the favor that would raise her from the dead was going to be the harvest of the kindness that she had sown. That triggered an intercessory movement on her behalf when she was too dead to pray for herself. So Tabitha, Dorcas dies. No, she didn't go sick. She died. So there's no prayer meeting there. There's no fasting there. And when the, when the women heard that Peter was coming to town, they all came to Peter and said, Sir, so please what? And they brought the tunics. What were those tunics? Those acts of kindness, the seeds that she sowed. Out of what? Out of honor and love and dignity to other people. Because you wanted an outcome? No, because it was just the when, when you walk in the fear of the Lord, you show kindness for kindness sake. You show mercy for mercy's sake. It's just God who works it out that that kindness, that mercy, when it returns to you, it comes back as a harvest. And that harvest is the favor of God that can be so powerful that it can overcome death. Are we okay? Yes. Is this making any sense to anybody? No, because I, I, Pastor, please pray for me. I want favor. Please pray for me. I want this. And I'm like, yeah, but how do you treat people, man? How do you treat people? What do you say when you're angry? How do you treat people when you're, not, when, when you're upset at them? 
Because whatever treatment you're giving out is goes out as seed. You sow enough seed, you will eventually get a harvest. It's just the principles by which this, this planet is governed. Seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. All we see is Lazarus raised from the dead. And we start to prepare our doctrine from that place. Well, you know, and then the Lord said, uh, you know, you know, Lazarus, come forth way before Lazarus died. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha had hosted Jesus. Because they wanted something, no. Come on over here, sit in our house and eat. That's the place in Bethany you went to hang out, to chill out. Way before there was this tremendous miracle, which I think is the ultimate manifestation of favor. My goodness to say that I will go against the system of death that has taken you out. I will cancel the death assignment. How much greater favor is that? But what happened is this. That did not fall from out of nothing. Jesus considered this family his friends, not his disciples. Friends. Why? Because that's the people that hosted his presence, not for what they can get out of him, but because of who he is. Come on in our house. My house is yours. Sit down, relax. We don't need anything today, Father. I'm not going to ask you to bless my portfolio. Lord, can you please bless my portfolio? You know, no, I'm not going to do no, none of that. Just come, come, just come and rest. Remember that when the Lord Jesus Christ heard about Lazarus, he was told that your friend Lazarus, your friend Lazarus, that's how it was put. Why? Because it was understood that this is a place and a family that was just close to Jesus in a very real way, very relational way. So then what happens? Is it a surprise to you that Lazarus was favored? That the prayer of Mary and Martha was answered? Yeah, it might be a surprise to you. It is no surprise to me. The seeds were deep in the ground. That harvest was inevitable. They were nice to him when they didn't need anything. And in the day that they needed something, the way they had treated him came back to break the back of death of their brother. Somebody say favor. Come on, talk to me. Somebody say favor. Somebody say favor. David had an opportunity, I'm closing. Worship team, get ready to come up in a little bit. Five minutes, five minutes you can come up. Like, what is the outcome that you're looking for for tonight, Felix? I don't know, man, I just feel, I, I feel, I feel woundedness in some, some things that needs to be taken care of because I really believe that the Lord wants to give you guys a revival that you're crying out for and that you're believing for. But if there's any woundedness that's been unresolved and... Um, do the hard thing and, and, and do what you can. To I don't even know what I'm talking to right now. It could be just one person. If there's anything that you need to repent of in regards to relationships with people, today will be a good day to set that in order. Because I, I do believe the thing that you're believing for, the thing that you're crying out for, the thing that your heart longs for, it comes through people. You see, that's why the enemy is amazing at breaking relationships because he understands the conduit through which favor comes. 
He'll break fellowship between parents and children. Until parents are so exasperated, they've got nothing good to say about their own kids. I've seen that happen many times before. You break fellowship between you and your boss at work. Maybe your boss is just a, I don't like the way he this and I don't like that. Yeah, I understand that. But be careful that if the posture of your heart is not flowing in honor, you may be stopping your own blessings. So this is where now your fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of what? Of wisdom. This is how wisdom enables favor to follow your life. Because wisdom instructs you. Child, get this right. What you're saying about so-and-so is not, is not good. Don't say that anymore. Even if there's nobody there to hear it, heaven is eavesdropping. The Father is right there. Oh, but Felix, you don't know what they're like and you know, they really hurt me and they're really this and they're really that. I understand that. Dear Lord, do I understand that? But I also understand that there is a divine flow and a divine grace. The Lord is ever willing to pour into your life and I found in this life the only thing that can stop it is when the enemy poisons your connection on the horizontal plane. Do you know I've seen people that if you heard them talk about God, they will cry and they say, oh Jesus I love you, Jesus I love you. And then you look at 85% of their relationships are broken and they're mad and they're upset and talking down on this, that and the other. But in church here they will cry tears before God and people begin to wonder, but Father I've been asking for a breakthrough, why has it not been coming? A breakthrough, that favor, that flow of grace is tied to relationships. For children, what does the Lord say? Honor your father and mother that it might be well with you. Lord, please make it well with me. Oh, cool. I'll make it easy for you. Honor your father and mother. (laughs) Do you know what? Yeah. Um, That's the way it comes. I've seen this many times that the child that blesses the parents the most gets blessed the most. I've watched this many years. I've got many samples, many examples I can give. If you notice that society has become very crass, very very antagonistic, very combative. Has anybody noticed this or is it just me? That society in general my passion is the body of Christ. I love the world, but my passion is the body of Christ. I've seen that level also come in in the body of Christ. And Pastor Justin, it, 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 it affects me because here's what I believe. If our outlook of the world is negative and we call them names and we call them demons and Jezebels and this, that, and the other, and then on the other hand, we are praying, Lord, give us souls. It's a contradiction. It's a contradiction. It's not okay. It's never justifiable to just speak ill 
of people, even though we don't have, it's, it's not justifiable. And I have to be checked on this because I, I get the impulse as well. And there's certain things that just, oh, but the Lord lately has been, has been checking me. But Felix, I want you to say things in people's absence that if they ever heard, you will never be ashamed. May you speak about people in private. The type of words that if your words were ever put up in public, you would never be ashamed. Are we okay? This is a heavy message, by the way. This is a breakthrough message. Let's all stand, please. I'm just blessed to be ministering with my bro. What's up, Reggie? God bless you, man. Hallelujah. Friends, I want to pray for us. And, uh, and uh, don't just look at yourself as an individual. Um, look at us as a church, as Zion, but also look at us as a church, as a body of Christ uh, in Texas. And there's also as a body of Christ in the United States and also as a body of Christ in the world today. Because all those stages, we have a responsibility and we just need to check our hearts how we're doing with that responsibility at the moment. Because we're talking about walking in faith. What I understand is that when that favor is triggered, I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what the devil does. When that favor of God is triggered, my friends, I've seen people get blessed by people that were plotting to destroy them. Do you know who was the last person to prophesy that David would be king? It was Saul when David met Saul in the cave and he spared his life. Saul wept over. He said, is that my son David? And the Bible says they both hugged and wept. And then it just came out of Saul's mouth. Surely as the Lord lives, you shall be king here one day. Oop. The next day he tried to kill him. But he prophesied, man. Why? Because David had done the honorable thing. Not the convenient thing. Not what appeared to put him in the, you know. No, he had done the honorable thing that can only be done out of the fear of the Lord. When David touched the hem of Saul's garment, the Spirit of God checked him and says, you're out of order. He got convicted and he repented. When he got convicted and he repented, the man that was plotting to kill him, who had vowed that he would not rule in Israel, was the last man to prophesy, you shall surely be king here. When a man's way is pleasing to the Lord, he'll cause even your enemies to live at peace with you. For, uh, friends, in our community, in our, in our Malayali community, we got a lot of healing that we need. It's a lot of pain. There's a lot of pain. A lot of issues that are unresolved. It's a lot of trauma from the way that we've, we've the way that we've, the, the path that we've taken. We've left some bleeding hearts behind. But that's not the end of the story because we're here with hearts open to the Lord. We're crying out for revival and for a move of God. So that's why we are recognizing that, Father, in however it is within our power, help us to make right. Father, so that, why? Because the way that wisdom flows is exactly as what was said about John the Baptist, was said about Jesus, was said about Samson, it was said about Samuel, that the child grows in wisdom which is what the fear of the Lord and in stature and in favor with God and with men. The growth in wisdom, that's what I was trying to share with you today. Not what's comfortable, but what is wise. What is wise is what God instructs when we walk in wisdom and we grow in it. We grow in it. Wisdom, stature, it triggers favor, not just with God, 
Favor with God alone is not enough. You need favor both with God and men. Because when the Lord comes to bless you, it's going to come through the hands of somebody. Maybe it might be somebody who will lay hands on you. And through the, the testimony and, and the power of their walk and their scars in battle, the Lord would have given them the anointing to break whatever is affecting you then. That's why you've got to esteem people. If you love God. Anybody here that can say, Felix, you know what, this... This, this, this is my life, my heart, and I want to do right by God concerning this. I feel the conviction of the Lord, and I, I want you to leave your seat. I want you to come up. We're going to spend some time in prayer. Let's lay it all at the altar here and not pick it up and take it back home. It stays here tonight. Anybody at all? If you say, I want to take care of this, my heart, I feel I've got some things I need to take care of. I'm just going to open the floor. Come on up. Right here? Yeah. Thanks. Come on, church. <laughs>